Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 659, recording today on Wednesday, the 3rd of March. Uh, we're here at Sonic Towers. Uh, we're actually right in the process of the final stages of having a new boiler in, which is why I'm not looking quite so cold as usual. I haven't got that pale, pinched look, or at least not as much as I've had in the last couple of weeks. Uh, this is the podcast to do with uh, music technology, not uh, heating, engineering and all of that sort of thing. Uh, we will be talking about software, synthesizers, production, live performing, all of the things that go around uh, the creation, recording, making of uh, live and recorded music. Uh, I want to say thank you very much to our friends over at uh, Isotope for joining us. Uh, in terms of, uh, let me see if I press the right button. If you want to get 10% uh, off their products, you can go to isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk. Isotope, of course, makes some really, really cool uh, plugins and software, and uh, particularly for audio processing using all kinds of AI and machine learning. Uh, you can save 10%. Use the code SONIC10 on checkout, but if you start by going to Isotope, Isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk. That will be a good place to start. Uh, I want to say thank you very much to them for supporting uh, us and offering this deal to our viewers. And of course, all the other usual stuff. If you're interested in supporting the site, uh, head over to Patreon, uh, Sonic State, uh, patreon.com forward slash Sonic State. We've been posting some new stuff. I post the project files and the stems from the Verse Lab review. We've got some patches for Polybrute. Got uh, some information on how the studio set up. We'll have some more things going up uh, soon because I'm doing a Friday fun. I've been setting up for it today so uh yeah just head over that way uh, in fact um uh, that is what my oops that's not what my setup is my setup is going to be um well it's the pulsar 32 and a few other bits and pieces uh you can find you can find us on all good places if you want to listen in terms of audio we're on spotify we're on stitcher we're on google we're on alexa uh we're on itunes all of those places and we're streaming live to uh Twitch and uh, Facebook and YouTube. So welcome to all of our various chatties that are in all of those places. Nice to see you all. Much appreciated. Right. We could get on to the uh, friends uh, friends of the show. We'll start over here because we haven't had Mr. Ty Unwin for years. Well, feels like years. <laughs> Ty Unwin, media composer extraordinaire. Um, busy guy. Are you still working on the minimal setup? Are you finding now that all this time you've spent, you've spent um, designing your studio, you're thinking, you know what? Maybe I'll just do it on a laptop from now on. No. No, okay. Um, no, no, no. There's, there's, it, there's lots to be said for it, absolutely. But uh, there's a, you know, I, I'm just spending more time getting really frustrated. Just, it's it's like anything, you know, kind of, I, I think, oh, I know what I want. I just want, I know I don't have that at the moment. And so there's, um, but no, I, there's a lot to be said for the limitations of having a, yep, a more minimal setup. Absolutely. And I've, there's, there's tricks that I've kind of done to, to, to get round situations, I thought I would never have done this with the full setup. And uh, there's some really good tricks, but um, no, I mean, I can't wait to, I can't wait to get the final, you know, the big one back up and running. So, but no, have it's all got, good. Have you got an all ETA good. for that? Well, finally, uh, my monitors, my new uh, speakers actually arrived yesterday. I ordered all them right. in August and they arrived yesterday, except uh i ordered some special coasters for the uh for the it's a special stand for them and the stand have special coasters and they sent special casters so oh, basically i i now having wait having waited two months for these coasters uh, they've sent me they've sent me a load of wheels um 
So not a happy bunny, it has to be said. But that um, is that is that is just shows you how important language and spelling is, doesn't it? That is just one of those. Yes. Free, I wonder if there are, there must be other examples where you get exactly what you didn't want. I mean, maybe you, when you ordered the Dido album, you know, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> For instance. <laughs> Uh, yeah anyway moving on yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes oh it's possible i don't know ever that i could go for a t- i said I, I thought i said dido i thought i said yeah. dido uh no i won't do go that on. i think that's a little no, bit no. that's a little bit uh, too rude <laughs> anyway lovely to have you ty nice to see you and we've also got mr gaz williams oh sporting a dismaland uh t-shirt there actually there was a great documentary on banksy and urban uh urban art uh, on Sky Arts mm. last night. It was really good. Oh, there nice. were loads of people, loads of Bristol faces, uh, 3D from Massive Attack, and the guy who ran the Barton Hill Youth Centre, who was the first person in Bristol to open up the walls for people to do legal tagging. And he actually went to prison because uh, they, well, the police were trying to stop all of the, uh, the graffiti that was going on in Bristol, and he wouldn't, he wouldn't grass anybody up. Anyway, that's really nothing to do with anything. It's just me referring to your T-shirt. Of course, Gaz, uh, hmm. producer, engineer, songwriter, bass player, YouTuber, all of those things. How are you, Gaz? Hmm. I, I'm very good. Thank you very much. Um, I uh, yeah, I, I did my uh, show on Monday. My Eurorack, Adventures in Eurorack show, had an absolute nightmare and had everything fail on me. So Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's very entertaining, Basically, though. It's... It was good. It was good. <laughs> what sort of things? What sort of stuff I, failed, Gaz? I, I need to I know. Think, well, the Waldorf KB thirty-seven, which is fabulous, except for one thing that there isn't keyed sockets for the uh, the little ribbon cables to connect up your modules. And I think that, uh, especially once it starts getting a bit full, and I think it is quite easy to sort of plug things in wrongly. Um, oh, did you and, break something? No. Well, actually, yeah. One thing is broke. Um, I got I my first dead module. As, um, oh. but, was there a puff of it, smoke? No, no. Oh. Um, I think it was already dead. I'm not sure. But I, I think, well, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, can I please as well, can I just plug a new video that I've just loaded on my channel today? Of course you can. Because I've, yeah, oh, brilliant. Because I've spent ages on this video and it's been, uh, you know, something I'm like super thrilled about. But um, I've just uploaded a video about the um, Expressive E Touche controlling the uh, Moog semi-modulars, uh, the three, the DFAM, Subharmonicon and Mother 32. And um, and it was sponsored content from Expressive E. Woo! Whoa. Got a I gig. Was super chuffed about, I got a gig from something that I genuinely love. So... Um, but I've spent a few months really with that setup, trying to learn to play it really. Uh, so you can see the fruits of my labors on that video. Um, so I'd love it for people to maybe check that out. Just Yeah, sure. And that's, uh, that's on yeah. the, the, the that's Gaz on Williams channel, way. isn't it? Gaz Williams yes, channel, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- thanks for that plug. <laughs> no, no problem. I haven't seen it. I should watch. I've been, uh, today I've been mostly messing around with, um, well, I've been messing around with my, um, Friday fun set up, which I'm going to do tomorrow. And I've also been, what else have I been messing around with? Oh yeah. I've been putting stickers on my, on my MIDI controller to make it look all fancy. Uh, that uh, you'd be surprised how long that actually takes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been busy. I have been busy. No, no. Anyway. Um, well, let's, let's get on to some content then, as they say in, uh, in broadcasting, I believe when, uh, when the producers in their ear going, get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Although I'm the producer, <laughs> so I'm the one who's saying that to myself. Um, let's start with. Uh, oh yeah, let's start with a bit of this. This is the, this will start us nice and relaxing. This is the uh, the the beatboxing monk or the beatboxing Buddhist, it's better when you have alliteration. This is a chap called uh, Yogetsu Akasaka, who's a Japanese Zen Buddhist monk, who's... Uh, this video has had three million hits. R3, RC505, and he's doing all of his... He does a bit of beatboxing. Uh, it's quite slow, uh, so we'll get his beats. I'll let you play, and then he does a bit of that throat singing by the sound of it, which is pretty cool. So this is called uh, Japan. This is the Heart uh, Sutra remix, and he just sort of builds out all of this stuff. I'm gonna have to stop because it's the sort of thing that you can just keep going forever. And it was just, it was such a great idea. Uh, and uh, and I'm, I came up with my favourite headline so far of this year, which was, "If you only see we one beatboxing Buddhist monk today, make sure it's this <laughs> one." So I'm quite pleased with myself for that. It gave me the opportunity for a great headline. It's been very popular. And it's just it's just a really nice thing, isn't it? See things slightly out of uh, the context of what we're what we do. Have you ever have you ever dealt with any throat singers? Are they difficult? Are they uh, are they needy? Uh, <laughs> I've used loads. I've I've used loads of samples of throat singers, but I've never actually worked with a throat singer. It has to be said. Um, oh, it was the Dalai Lama, of course, wasn't there? The classic. Well, no, I, I did a, I can't, uh, oh, it was a, it was a, a BBC thing about Ken, Genghis Khan years ago, and I managed to track down to some, I can't remember what the library was, some library, which is all just throat singing, and um, I was, it was, it's great to work with, um, but yeah, I mean, it's a limited palette, shall we say, but it was, um, it was really great to work with, but I've never worked with a real throat singer. Uh, this, this video, I, you know, I love it. I think it's really good. I, the only thing that really frustrates me and it really annoys me is that the beat, because obviously most of it after that is quite sustained, um, but the initial beat, one of the one of the uh, kick in inverted commas is, is just out slightly <sighs> out. And my God, did it wind? I mean, literally, I'm meant to be, you Each know, turning my watch. I'm burning on the subject matter. I'm meant to be in all zen and relaxed and, you know, calm and collected. And every time I, I just wince at that kick drum. To, and I'm thinking is, why didn't you just do it again? Just do it again, but do it better. Um, but apart from that, apart from that one moment, it's 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 really good. And it is, as you say, incredibly relaxing as long as you ignore that, that uh, kick. Yeah, but, I was um, I was rather flippant saying that I didn't think it was terribly zen to have like a video studio in a Nasi five hundred five looper. But actually, uh, I was put right by uh, somebody a velocipede. I think might actually be uh, uh, a chap who lives in Japan. I think it might be Aaron Isgard. Might be him. And he uh, mm -hmm. he said actually it's here uh, uh, it's it, not hereditary. It's um, it's uh, intergenerational. So you, you, if your your father or you know another member of the family was a monk, you would you would inherit that status. So it's it's not quite as as fully spiritually locked in and kind of uh, zen. zen. And zen in Japan is slightly different. So I thought you were going to say that there's a you know kind of a whole generation of looper users back <laughs> the through <monks>. the generations <laughs> yeah. through the monks of Japan going back to 1872. Wouldn't uh, that be great? Yeah. Wouldn't, With the RC one hundred and one, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I love. I mean, Gaz knows because I, I bought five hundred and five based on nothing other than watching watching uh, 
Gaz do one of his shows on the 505. And I literally watched the show and ordered it straight after the show. And I, the only looper I've had up until that point is a, um, a blooper, the Chase Audio blooper pedal, which is which is gorgeous, but it's less of a traditional looper. It's more only records a, expletives. Well, <laughs> <laughs> must be busy in your house. <laughs> oh, you know me far too well. Um, so, so uh, yeah. So I only had, but I, but I, I bought a five hundred five based on one of um, Gaz's performances, and uh, there's yeah. I mean, the, the, the looping side of things is a kind of new world to me, really. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a great example. This is um, okay. Yeah, really uh, Nice one. Well, uh, Gaz, I'm going to leave you to talk about this a little bit. I'm just going to go and let uh, uh, my, my boiler go out. So uh, off you go. <laughs> you out. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, mentioning the 505 there and uh, something that is very close to my heart because I do think that it is one of the most perfect music technology products ever. Really, really do. Um, so... Uh, so many things I can say about the 505. You know, obviously you see this video and that's one excellent use of it. Uh, Mark Rabier's um, incredible hyperkinetic performances that he makes on a 505 is another totally different sort of... They um, couldn't be any different, really, could they? Imagine them on the bill, couldn't. on the same bill. <laughs> Mark Rabier and, and uh, um, uh, Yogatsu Ak- Akasaka. Yeah, nice one. Yeah. Um but, you know, one of the things that makes that particular looper really, really good is being able to run loops at different lengths. So, um, you know, you can have one loop running at a bar and then another loop running at four bars, et cetera, or even running as short, I think, as a semi-quaver length. Yeah, super, nice. super short loops. Yeah. Um, so, that you know, there's there's just tons of tons of creative uh potential with that with that particular device but i have mentioned this before so i apologize for people who find this a little bit rep- repetitious but um it's not klf the- is it I'm not going there. <laughs> i am not going there although sorry i couldn't fair, resist it i couldn't resist no, no, it no, but don't go don't say although gas don't say although just move, <laughs> move away from the klf um, <laughs> um I've totally forgot. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so that's sorry. Right. That was my no, fault. No, that it, was my fault. I was just going to say, flippant. there is one thing that you can do, which came in on the version 2 uh, firmware, which is, that's a number of years back now, though, but is is to pre-make empty loops. You uh, hold down stop and hit uh, a previously, you know, like a, a looper. One of Because you've got five independent loopers on that unit. And if you hold down stop and hit one of the, you can create an empty loop at a pre-designed sort of length. So you can you can set that up to be maybe, you know, like a four-bar loop. or an, And then what's good about that is you don't have to start and stop the loops. They all just run then as empty loops. And you just, and then you just overdub into whichever loop you want. And that ah. workflow is incredibly, incredibly creative. And there's certain things with that 505 that I haven't really experienced well, on I'm, any I'm, other I would device. agree. I mean, if you if you check out Mark Rebier, I mean, he's the master at it. Uh, yeah, I mean, re- he's absolutely. really, really good. And uh, yeah, looks remarkably like Ed, of who does the modular <laughs> reporting for us. I, I, Ed can't see it, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they're related. Um, there is one thing I just want to mention. This a little update for anyone who has followed my, my sort of rantings on about the five hundred five, and that is that inside it is a little. Uh, if you open it up, there is an SD card uh, that that the memory is sort of stored ah, on. Okay. Um, 
and I swapped out. Someone wrote to me years ago about it and told me about it. So I swapped out the, I think it was a two gig card for a 32 gig card and it's worked perfectly ever since. However, uh, last week I ordered a extension cable to, I wanted to sort of actually drill a little slot oh, So you got, you've got to have it. access. So I could switch the cards out, but I couldn't get it to work. It just kept saying bad data. So if anyone was thinking about going that way, or in fact, if anyone knows how to remedy that, I, I'd love to hear about that. But um, yeah. but but also a word of warning. Um, I, Roland obviously heard about people modding their 505s and newer 505s have the SD card glued in, oh. which just seems... Like ridiculous. I guess they're trying to sort of say this is what it is and that's what it does and you're not really meant to mess with it. So, uh, but somebody made a video where they on YouTube where they have opened it up and have meticulously scraped off all of that goo. Uh, so oh, it wow. is possible to do anyway. <laughs> that's, that, that's that's getting pretty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you. Uh, well, it's interesting that I, I think I think the thing about this is it's just it, it's just such a nice you know the the thing about beatboxing as well and using loopers. Is it, because everything's sort of self-generated. There's something very organic about it, even though obviously there's a lot of technology going on there. It's just a great, mm -hmm. a great thing. And he he just he does great. loads of these things. He does a whole load of stuff with uh, hang drums and uh, at four three two hertz. He's very kind of keen on four three two, which I'm guessing might have some spiritual connection. I'm not going to go there because that's a whole world of uh, stuff to deal with. But yeah, if you want to check it out, it's definitely worth uh, worth. If you look up uh, Yogurt Su Akasaka, uh, let me see if I might actually have uh, the. Link Link to the channel to his channel let's see if i paste that in what happens there yeah there we go there's the i put it in the in the show notes so you can uh, you can help yourselves to um to that uh right um what else was there uh yeah i got another video i think they're working this week which is great i i feel i tell you what i feel so much more relaxed now that i'm not cold tutorial, we're going to look at how power and audio get this is data ton 3000 by sweden from sweden by bjorn sandlin this is my uh, video by uh, derek melzer and b buses which can then be passed it's very dry each one of these modules that connect together a little bit like lego bricks um up and down and side to side so if we connect one to and there's not a terrible lot of uh information there this was on uh, cdm um create digital music link i'll let me post the skull but what struck me about this is for, these were built in the 1970s uh, as an educational tool which is just um, can you imagine i mean the headline that you get now is like you know school invests in electronic and music equipment to teach children creative electronics i mean i can't imagine that happening but it, i just thought how many are i mean there can't be many of these things left that we've never heard of and i don't know how many of these were actually ever made ty i have a suspicion that you're already your your is your ebay finger twitching just because you haven't got it although is it too modular for you i don't know that's too much i mean no look i mean i think the idea of it Oh God, I, I was just sat being totally envious thinking, Christ, they were so forward thinking back, back then over there. And, you know, they, you know, I, cause I read into it that they wanted to basically supply schools, every school with one of these systems, um, to teach kids about about electronic music and how about synths and how to structure a synthesizer and you know all these different modules that as they as you just saw were like Lego bricks. I mean, the first thing I thought was because they're kind of um, there were five pin I think the five pin dins or the five pin sockets were they all plugged in like 
Lego, but you had to, before you do any unplugging or plugging, you have to turn it off. And that automatically, (laughs) I just thought, wow, that's going to last at least a week. And then they're all going to be completely screwed because you know that Kevin in class two forgets to uh, to switch it off before he's unplugging it and plugging it in. So from that point of view, it was never going to work because of that one failing. But what an amazing idea. And I think think there's a huge amount to be said for that side of things. And I like that, for example, Spitfire Audio, what they've done with the, um, uh, with their BBC, uh, symphony yeah, library. The education, where, yeah, exactly. With the education yeah. where you buy the cheap one and the whole point of the really cheap one is it's free for education. And so any school can go and download this, you know, kind of an, an orchestral uh, library to run on, on any computer. I love that idea. So educationally, it's great. As for the actual system itself, do you know what? Back in back in the early seventies, early to mid seventies, there were people making stuff because you know we we kind of forget how in the early seventies this was all still really new, and mm. so and, and they were incredibly expensive, and so people were just making kits and making up stuff, and people there were just so many people in sheds just making stuff. I'll tell you, and then, and are... then getting funding from the, uh, fr- from you know, from the um, Swedish government to actually put that in schools—that's astonishing. I think that's incredible. Amazing. I mean, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And but there's there's nothing like it now. It's um, and yet the ironic thing about it is, if you think about it, take that system, more or less as it is, you could put that system in a school now obviously without the having to turn it off, you know, <laughs> turn it off and, on again, and it's right. still as current now, yeah. that, you know, kids learning about oscillators and filters and mixers. And it's still exactly as current now as it was in the, in the mid seventies. That's true. It's incredible. It's incredible. Ga- Gaz, do you, do you think that, uh, that maybe this, this foresight is what led to the, uh, the kind of b- blossoming of uh, Scandinavian and sweet- Swedish, specifically pop mm. music, being you know because basically from well, late nineties or, or sort of from two thousand on, Max Martin yeah. and the Cardigans, oh. you know everybody you could think of, ABBA, whatever, you know they just they seem to be masters at pop music. I wonder if there's any kind of uh, this is they're reaping what was sown back in the day when they actually invested in the yeah. education system, which is a, a, a cautionary tale <laughs> for us all. That- no, yeah, possibly. maybe. But interesting, interesting point. Do we know what kind of numbers these kind of existed in? I mean, did it did it reach all the schools? And it was. Or was I it don't just know. In actually, no, I think, I think it was, it was in uh, it was in the Royal College of Music, Sweden, and there were a couple of other places uh, as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't know if it was if it was widely adopted. Yeah, yeah. I think it's no, I mean, just a handful. Okay. Wow. Right. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what else to add. I think it's no, really cool, though. Um, there's not, uh, there's yeah. not much you can say. But I, th- I think what's interesting mm. about this is just this sort of... And, and this sort of links into a couple of things is, you know, what one thing that... Because uh, for many of us, there's been a long period of lockdown. And for many of us that are into music, it's been a lot easier to deal with, even though creativity doesn't always come when these times. It's good to be able to have something like that to fall back on, to fill your time with something that gets mm. you in the flow, which is a sort of zen, almost a zen-like state in itself and a great place place to be feeling when the world around you is collapsing you know so mm-hmm. i wonder if i wonder if as a result of what's happened globally we'll now start to see governments 
generally speaking, valuing investing in the arts. I mean, I am I, I'm almost laughing as I say this because I'm certainly not in this country. But <laughs> wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be great if that was actually people sort of went, you know what? What got people through this was a lot of that and a lot of people watching yeah. Netflix and watching bands and watching other stuff going on. Wouldn't it be great if people thought, you know, that would be a really what a valuable wouldn't, and worthwhile thing? Wouldn't that be absolutely right. amazing? And it's never going to happen. That's oh. the sad part about it. I can see, I can see pigs flying as you were talking. It's so sad because you're exactly right, Nick. And uh, that's not the way that governments work. And oh. it's so, it's so, so, so sad. But no, we'll be, you know, we're going to be shut on for. We're going to be pooed on from a great height. <laughs> for a long time to come. And this will all soon be forgotten about yeah, what I'm all sure. this meant. That's the well, problem, you know. Well, I'm quite excited here. Not only have I got heating, but uh, my daughter goes back to school on Monday, which is great. Uh, I got jabbed and, uh, you know, things are feeling a little less bleak. Uh, whatever you feel about uh, world events, it's nice to not feel quite so dismal. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe. Um, yeah. Okay, right. Uh, I threw this one in because this is a bit of an extra one because I, I didn't get a chance to do it. But this was uh, this company called Brand Jeans, uh, who or Brain Jeans, who are developing uh, GPUs, uh, or developing the use of audio in GPUs. So this is the company here, uh, Brain Jeans GPU Audio, where they're running us, they're setting up a, a suite of plugins that will run on the GPU because the GPU, as we know, in most computers is way faster, way more real time than uh, the CPU. And they're sort of, yeah, it just it seems like an interesting idea and one that's been broached a few times. I wonder, um, because essentially, you know, this would this would mean most of our real-time musical... We're talking like one millisecond throughput on these things and it's a pr yeah. surprising. Many of the computers that we use when we're using them for music production, the GPU is not being taxed. I don't know, Gaz, I mean, you've got, you know, you've got an M1 chip which has got six core or eight cores of GPU in it which could be used for for running some of this stuff. It's an interesting idea. I wonder if you've ever Very pondered much. that. Um, oh, I know I've sprung 100%. it on you because <laughs> no, it wasn't in the list. I mean, it's, uh, I've always wondered about that DSP, you know, because, uh, you know, huge amounts of DSP in order to kind of, uh, again, this is the computer game industry sort of driving this this area and uh, made these uh, graphics cards incredibly powerful with all that extra RAM and, you know, and, and the GPUs. Yeah. Now, there was something a few years ago that, wasn't there like, oh, there was something that used GPUs, uh, some software, music software. So oh, I, I have know. heard of that a Bitcoin. before. <laughs> Bitcoin uh, does. <laughs> Mining it, anyway. Um, but really, really interesting. And especially, you know, again, computer games, um, sort of twitchy sort of computer games, first-person shooters that, that really need incredibly fast um, frame rates uh, means that we get, super fast and low latency for the gaming uh, side of things. So to tap into that makes perfect sense for us musicians. Um, so, yeah, so I, not having read on this and brain genes, I'm guessing it's like it's like a it's a mixture of engine and brain. Uh, yeah, brain I'm not engine, quite sure. Uh, yeah, I'm not uh, quite sure what the, uh, there, unfortunately, there isn't anything here which says and here it is right. working. Um, oh, but okay. they're doing stuff like, you know, moving stuff over a network really fast and low latency results. And, uh, and they're so looking for partners. They, Sorry. Are they hoping to port VSTs, existing VSTs across to use it? Is I that, is that I, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a little unclear. I mean, I think one thing okay. that would be would make sense is for them to make some sort of a bridge, which meant, you know, because, I mean, mm. then you could just kind of go, look, run, you know, run this here. So like a host, because we've seen... 
there are lots of uh, applications that are essentially VST and AU hosts that run within a plugin slot. And if you could send that off to the uh, to the GPU and, and then run those in that memory, that might be the answer. But I don't know if that's even technically feasible. Canvoodoo ah. uh, says in the note, in the chat, uh, it was a reverb by Liquid Sonics that maybe used the GPU. So, uh, you know... Um... Ah, okay. All right. Well, thanks for that. And yes, I, definitely I, I, I do heard, remember that. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I've, sorry. Yeah, maybe you've heard right. of something like that. Yeah. I don't. Um, ju- sorry, I, I'm, I'm flipping I'm, around I'm, all over the place. It's um, fine. <laughs> do, do, does this? Uh, um, I, I wonder. I mean, do, this stuff probably doesn't really affect you quite so much because you need like RAM, don't you? And you're not going to get a 48 gig of RAM GPU card to run your sample libraries on. That would be a bit pointless, wouldn't it? Anyway, no. I mean, expensive. I'm. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I don't, I'll be honest with you, I don't have the technical know how really to uh, comment on this other than the fact that in principle, obviously I understand the principle of it, it sounds like it could be a great use of, of, of uh, power that's just sat there doing nothing. So obviously anything that can, can, uh, can help from that point of view, you know, if you can, it means you can hold on to your computer for two or three years longer because you're actually utilizing something that up until this point you haven't been using. That in theory is amazing. Um, the logistics of making that happen, I don't really know. And the, the basic, the technical difference, I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, you're right with me personally, I'm, you know, I'm really fortunate that, um, uh, you know, kind of, I, you've got I, what you I, need. Yeah. Yeah. I get, I get really, I can, I can get really incredibly powerful computers and, but yeah, I need, as you said, for most of the stuff I do, I just need lots and lots of, um, of Ram really. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a great idea if they can get it to work. Sounds amazing. Would be good. I've just spotted um, somebody called Ken Lewis in the chat room. I don't know if that is the Ken Lewis that we're also doing a topic on. Maybe you could indicate. Uh, Are you the uh, mixer, Ken Lewis? I'm just curious. Uh, sorry, Gas, um, carry on. Yeah, I was just curious, you know. It, I've always felt that the UAD platform, the, the, the DSP that they use, and that is kind of woefully underpowered uh, in terms of, I mean, you know, wonderful platform, fantastic plugins. There's not a criticism on that in, in any way, but I was always shocked by how few plugins you could run on that particular platform. And I would just be kind of curious to see if you were to take the kind of number crunching potential of a, of a, of a graphics card and compare it to, say, a... Um, you know, like something like a, U, a UAD. And I would imagine that it would be an enormous difference, you know, the power that the GPU has got over uh, those those cards. Well, it's, um, the real, it's the real-time nature of it. They're just so powerful. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I've, it went past, but somebody said that the original UAD card had a modified Matrox, uh, which used to make display. So maybe that was GPU. Ah, uh, interesting. I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, now they're using, I think they use Sharks, don't they? I think that's, that's yeah, what they do. UAD. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw that one in there. Not really very, um, uh, not, yeah, not very. Um, okay, how about this one? Um, this was the news, no? Uh, oh, yeah, here we go. This is the news that uh, OB6 and P6, uh, sequentials analog uh, polys, now have official MPE support. This is a demo by uh, Tom Nicholson. Um, it's not particularly MPE-ish, but it's a nice little piece. And I just wanted something in there to, to sort of display it. But this is interesting that you get the vintage mode. So this this is this is this kind of pervasion of MPE. MPE is now becoming a retrofit to many, many, many synthesizers they come out, particularly polysynthesizers. And I'm just wondering what's happened, you know, because we, we had a whole slew of controllers, didn't we? And then 
sort of nothing for ages. I mean, obviously, we've got the uh, instrument, we've got the uh, Roly stuff, uh, we've got the uh, Ken, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember, uh, Keith McMillan. Uh, there are yeah. probably a couple more, but it doesn't seem the like there's The Medusa. The, the Medusa, yeah, I suppose Medusa yeah. does it. And, uh, of course, yeah, the Osmos, which we, we we were hoping would be out last summer, hasn't arrived yet. I just wonder if, the, you know, the, it feels like there's a space of developing because as this is becoming more and more... Um, it's a free upload, uh, free free OS update, I should point out. As this is becoming more and more uh, um, uh, capable, there are sort of seems to be less and less because Roly stuff, as we know, um, the, uh, the Seaboards... Uh, I don't think they're still in production, are they? And they feel like pretty good ones. But, I mean, wh what else is there that we could use? Uh, Ty, did you go... I can't remember if you went MPE or not. I've forgotten whether or not you've you've gone that direction. Yeah, I got I got, uh, I got got one of the original Roly... I got a Seaboard Grand and, yeah. um, and... And I've got a Rise as well. I've got a Rise is the sweet spot, I think, isn't it, for me? No, no not for you? No, I, I don't. I have to be honest with you. I prefer I prefer the original seaboard. Um, uh, the, uh, the, they changed the material, and I prefer the material on the seaboard. I'm, I, I think I'm one of you know. I think probably the only person that thinks this, but I much prefer the original. But the the, the rise is you know the the rise is good. I've got an osmos on the way. Ah, don't forget yeah. that. I mean, the hydrosynth is a well. It's cotton. I mean, it's poly aftertouch, but it's it's MPE capable. It doesn't transmit. Yeah. It's not quite the same thing. No, Actually, that's no, one thing. Not. If you have got a Roly seaboard of any kind, never store yeah. it on its end. Oh, absolutely. Because yes. the, ah. the, the the gel sort of just goes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just sort of, and you get false triggers and weird stuff. So just I, always store it flat. I absolutely know that because when I was moving the, all the stuff around on studio. I literally woke up in a start at like half three in the morning, literally shat, uh, shat, uh, sat up, <laughs> bolt upright, and um, suddenly thought, ah, and ran down to the studio and I'd realised I'd, I'd left it on its side, on its end for uh, for about an afternoon or something. And I, I literally just ran down to the studio to, to move it all. So you're absolutely right. Don't leave a seaboard on its end. <laughs> Um, uh, but no, you're right. I, th I don't. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Roly. I think. I mean, I kind of know what I well, think is going on with Roly. Financial but, shenanigans. I think of yeah, various, exactly. varying descriptions. But yeah, exactly. Which is a, a real shame. But as you say, apart from them, Keith McMillan, there's most the, the instrument, which has never really appealed. It's um, it's it's quite stark. And yeah, Parking Continuum say, as well. As I should point out, there are others. But, yeah. But, but, yeah. But even so, if you think, as you say, so many synths are now becoming MPE compatible, and it makes such a huge difference. You know, it yeah. makes a huge well, difference. And of course, we've got uh, uh, Live Eleven now has an actually decent MPE yes. editing environment. Yes, I mean this is all kind of important stuff. Uh, yeah, hold on, there was something else. Uh, somebody else said something. Hydrosynth can transmit. Apparently, I know, Gaz. I mean, it is interesting, mm. isn't it? That, that, that there seems yeah. to be that nobody's. There's there's not much coming out in this space, which which when you consider how much of it is now capable, there's very few yeah. things to plug in. <laughs> well, I think I think we are probably in this transitional period where um, where you know MIDI 2.0 and the specification of that is just becoming. Uh, more known to people and maybe you know developers are exploring that kind of thing uh, cubase of course has got very good mpe support has had that for a few versions now and obviously as you mentioned ableton live one of the one of the 
Well, and they were pushing that as one of the big features of Fair enough. Life I mean, it's a 11. pretty big deal. Well, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, so it just is incentive, isn't it, for the developers to kind of, you know, to step into this arena, really. So, I, I, I you know, I think we're going to see, I think we're, you know, we might have just plateaued and dipped, but I think we're going to see, a, a, you know, new things coming out. And, and maybe with that MIDI 2.0 incentive as well, just uh, sort of bringing in those elements almost as standard, hopefully, going yeah. forward, that, that, that devices will have some degree of MPE um, capabilities. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sensor Morph as well. Sorry, there are others, but I mean these are yeah. things that, that I would call these kind of almost first generational MPE uh, controls. We, I wonder. I mean, it might have be something to do with the world situation and and investing in kind of new hardware, which require an entire. Uh, difference in production line may be just inappropriate while everybody's kind of unable to collaborate so easily. Mm. I mean, it might just be a simple matter of something along those lines. But it's, it, it is interesting that, that there is a space, isn't there? There's definitely a space for, for it to be filled. If you want the pessimistic view, which I'm normally quite good at giving, I think the reality, I think the reality of the situation is that I think if you look at all of these controllers, as, as great as some of them are and as worthy as some of them are, if you actually went to the reps and said how many of these have actually sold, I actually think the actual, the if you looked at the real hard numbers on this, I don't think they've sold many. I mean, it's not a surprise to yeah, me. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. And and I think, I think a lot, there could be a kind of sense of, I think people may be waiting for us most to, to mm. see what happens with that. Because if you look at the Keith McMillan stuff, I mean, that was doing MPE years ago. And you know, what, what's what's happened with Keith McMillan? You know, you look at what's happened with them, what's happened with Roly, you look at, mm. the, these are, I think the actual sales of MPE controllers yeah, well, maybe are you really could be right. low, really yeah, low. I suppose that's And so same. you kind of think, why should a, a, a big manufacturer leap in knowing that they're going to, they're basically aiming at such a niche market? I think the problem really is, is more a case of people need to see MPE working and, and understand what it can bring, bring to the party. I think that's the problem because the reality is to actually play something MPE as Rich well, it's Hilton difficult knows. to use as well. It's difficult. You have to learn it as an instrument, and that's mm. the thing. It's the fact that, unfortunately, as my normal gripe, my normal moan of um, people learning things as an instrument rather than just sitting down and just playing some pads or playing some buttons. You have to learn it as an instrument, and that's what MPE is. MPE is no different from learning a piano or learning the clarinet or the French horn or whatever. You have to learn MPE. Yeah, well, it's, it and is that, very expensive. that means it's less appealing. Yeah, yeah it's well, less maybe, appealing. So, maybe so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just uh, my video that I've just put up that I was plugging earlier about the uh, touche. Uh, yes, one finger with... MPE. <laughs> what? That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, that's uh, that's a really interesting way in. I think you know where it can kind of bridge existing workflows into kind of new areas of expressivity. Uh, without it being that enormous leap. And, you know, obviously the Osmos is going to be, I think, a watershed product personally. I um, played a prototype. Oh, I yeah. I mean, it was amazing. I agree. I mean, just the best like, feeling I, I, thing, music it, it, thing I'd ever yeah, felt. Really, really yeah. good. But it's got a big sound engine in it as well, which is, mm, is paired uh, to that expressivity. Egan so. Matrix, yeah, which is very powerful. Uh, so, um, but 
I, you know, not just plug in <laughs> the touche though, but because I've been spending such a lot of time focused on the touche in the last few weeks, um, I think this maybe is one of the things is what do you actually want to manipulate? What, what kind of parameters uh, respond to, uh, you know, to sort of MPE type things. And, and I think that's probably something that maybe holds things back a little bit, just sort of, you know, maybe a lot of people barely use the pitch and mod wheel as it, as it is, you know, so yeah, to, yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah. to go that whole extra, they might just be a little bit like, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, actually, um, um, uh, Brian Burns says in the chat room, uh, mashing fingers is bad for your tendons. And I did find that when I was reviewing the seaboard doing that, while play while pushing down is it, it really hurts you here uh, or hurts me i mean i've got quite small hands um i suppose yeah I, I mean i think that i think the thing is is what i do like about it is the fact that when you play a chord you can just slightly you can make the tuning slightly suspect <laughs> In a human way, you know, you can make it rubbish or you can make it just a little bit. And, and, and it, it's amazing how a three note chord can sound completely different just with a little. So I'm not talking microtonal. I'm just talking just a little bit of this sort of breathing of the notes. It's astonishing the life it's, you can breathe into something like that. But that's because it's that's why I keep saying it's it's, a, it's an instrument. It's it's like yeah. it, there's an organic quality. It's it's the nearest thing we have at the moment tech wise to a, a, a real in inverted commas instrument because you know on a on a real you know string instrument or you can change the the pitch to those kind of degrees same with woodwind same with brass you can you can manipulate that to such fine um amounts and make it in a musical way and i think that's the difference you you, you would never give you know and anything mpe in the hand of a i don't want to say non-musician but someone that isn't a isn't a player is a trigger, yeah, something's just yeah, triggering it's, it's, stuff. Yeah, it's a waste. It's an absolute waste. It's not what it's not what it's aimed at, and unfortunately, that's the way that that. Mm, yeah, it's, it's not. It's going. less accessible, more specialised. Exactly. I, I, exactly. I, I take I take your point. Anyway, I just thought that was worth putting in. I'm going to uh, play a little bit of uh, of Ken Lewis, who actually isn't the guy in the chat room, just because. And while I do, I'm going to check that the plumber's okay because I haven't heard from him a while, and he might have locked me in the building. <laughs> Welcome to Mixing Night. I am Ken Lewis and I make what? Wait a second. Oh, I, I knew something was wrong there. I'm just getting ready for the apocalypse. Don't mind me. I hope you guys are ready too. I hope you guys are masking up, but uh, maybe not that uh, severely. So, uh, welcome to Mixing Night. My name is Ken Lewis and I make records for a living. Uh, I have the weirdest discography in the entire music industry with 101 gold records to back that shit up. And I uh, and I only show you the skills and techniques that I actually use. So join me. Sorry, mic off. Uh, yeah, that's Ken Lewis, who I'd actually never heard of. He's got a fabulous studio. Uh, now I've got some statistics of him here. Uh, he uh, his podcast or his his streams are sort of mixing night where he. Uh, let's have a look. I'm, that's what I'm looking for. It's that one. So uh, mixing. So get this. Uh, this is the, all the stats. 19 Grammy winners, 57 nominations, 100 platinum and gold albums or singles, 73 Billboard number ones. So I, I think it's fair to say that this guy kind of 
certainly knows how to mix pop records or whatever area that he's involved in. And uh, his, this stream was like the, uh, from a couple of weeks ago. It was like two hours long. I don't expect you to watch all of it. But there is, it's absolutely ram-packed full of nuggets. And he does this thing called speed mixing, which is just taking stems and doing a really quick balance and uses that as this sort of idea of training. Because I was watching it going, that's not mixing, that's just balancing stems. And then he said, yes, I know it is. It's because what I'm trying to do is train your ear so that you just go, that feels right, that feels right. So you get these kind of ball, and then you get into the sort of the, the, the more um, detailed stuff. But really fascinating. I don't know if you've ever heard of him or watched any of his stuff. Gaz, have you, have you come across mm. him before? Fantastically yeah, potty um... mouths as well, which is always a pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, and this is really relevant to me right now because I've I've got a f quite a few mix jobs on, and um, and typically when I'm doing a mix, I can get a mix to a certain level, and then I kind of start to feel that I run out of um, well, that I can get it so far, and then I'm I'm always uh, kind of curious about that extra level. What could level. you do? What else could you Just, do? Yeah to take it up. I mean, this particular mix that I'm working on of something of my own, uh, I'd be kind of curious, I think, once this track is finished and out, to make the stems of that available just to see what other people could do. Right. Uh, and, and the reason why I'm mentioning this is that I, I, I think that uh, mixing is is highly subjective. And um, you know, to have somebody, and especially somebody with Ken's, uh, you know, incredible... Um, uh, achievements uh, share real world information like this it, it, i think is is supremely helpful but i just mentioned very briefly though one this uh album that very nearly finished now for kevin feige's very kind of serious avant-garde jazz um, album um a little bit in the henry cow kind of uh sphere if anyone knows who that is um one of the things that mix uh, which is really, really interesting for me. This was recorded at uh, Rock, the fantastic Rockfield Studios. Um, one of the things that we're doing is micro adjustments of um, micro adjustments, like half dB adjustments right. on things. And uh, next to no EQ, no compression, hardly at all, or really minimal, minimal things. Because it's recorded at Rockfield, my angle has been I want to try and bring out as much of that kind of Rockfield quality, you know. So so in a way, rather than reaching for things, uh, just being just incredibly minimal and virtually only using automations, volume automations and some pan automations, uh, it is a fantastic discipline and the tracks are sounding beautiful and organic and and uh and that movement that you get when you don't slam on a load of compressors is is really really kind of well beautiful I maybe think, how you know, it was how it was intended when it was composed this, as well possibly this yeah. particular music is i yeah. mean you know it really is quite sort of out there you know it's uh <laughs> sorry justin herman uh, in the chat room says hmm. release the pork ticket stems that's oh, such God. a great what a great title that would be <laughs> <laughs> yes so apologies for people who are waiting for pork ticket we are waiting for the lockdown so we can get to get a uh, lockdown to end so we can get together to actually get this pork ticket album out but very briefly if you've not heard of pork ticket this is my project where we try and make music that is truly horrible you know to disappoint at every Make the wrong decision, and whenever a decision, the wrong has decision. To be made. yeah, oh, so many wrong decisions, you end up with something that is 
not what you thought. Yeah. Quite horrible, but quite beautiful in, you know, like a kind of mongrel dog or something, you know, uh, that's actually a beautiful, amazing creature, uh, but wouldn't win it, wouldn't win at Crufts. It's, <laughs> it's nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> nothing like that. Okay. Nothing uh, like that. <laughs> I, I know, Ty, I, I, I don't, because you mix your stuff. I mean, I don't know mm-hmm. how you approach your things. I mean, do you have, because you're, you're, quite a lot of the stuff that you're doing is templated. So presumably you have a, fl- a workflow that is designed to be as fast as possible and get you to the deadline or whatever. I mean, do you sometimes feel that you want to spend more time at that? Or is it usually, you do you sort of arrive at the, almost finished mix at the right time point in time anyway generally speaking yeah i do that i arrive you know kind of it's, it's kind of mixed as it's written and and you just there gets to a certain point where you either turn around and go yes that's finished or oh my god look at the time uh, and it's one of the two and um but there are things and there are projects where you know i do i do literally just st- start from scratch again i'll do the writing and then i will just take it the mixing becomes a separate process and going back to the going to that video everyone should watch this video i mean i don't think i've ever watched yeah i don't think i've ever watched two hours of somebody and literally everything he's saying every word he says i'm just there nodding going yep that's how you do it. That's how you do it. And, and the fact that he's given these tips. I mean, I have, a, I have a, an opinion about this anyway that I've, I mean, I've made it clear before. You know, people who keep their own, you know, they have their secrets and they won't share with the world how they do things. That's not how I work. Anyone can ask me any single thing about how I've done whatever and I'll quite happily tell them because it's not, it's not you know, rocket science and it's, there's no, you know, kind of, you know, there's nothing special about it. Everyone should be able to do it and I'll quite happily share my biggest thing about this particular uh, video is the fact that the internet is full of people who give advice and know all about all and you just think (laughs) there are so many people out there that you just they know nothing and there are people hanging on their every word taking notice of the rubbish that they spout imagine the complete antithesis of that and uh, i'd never heard of ken much you know i'm very embarrassed no i hadn't either i really hadn't it was just if if you want to know any tips about mixing just watch this two hours of absolute yeah he does it he does it kind of almost every week uh uh, in the chat room a flippant question from uh um cheapo card company ask you anything ty what's your pin and card numbers i'm guessing you probably won't answer that one. <laughs> not really related to music but yeah. nice try nice try uh, nick i've discovered somebody recently um a guy called gregory scott uh, house of kush um oh, is I'm his not, uh, i'm gonna look that up now and he makes some fantastic videos i've he's quite an unusual guy in his approach um but like for instance he's um he made a video about how to hear compression and that's a really cool uh I think that's I a really cool video that to one watch. Come up somewhere. yeah but yeah and he you know oh, yeah. he, I've got it here, yeah. the way he demonstrates that is um he, well he does it in it his videos are fantastic because he he's clearly He's a he clearly knows his onions, you know. He's really, really good. But mm-hmm. he he demonstrates things in ways like, for instance, to get the attack settings correctly. You know, you bring your drum level right down, really, really down, and then when you're varying the attack, 
with a drum level, you know, and, and the whole mix level really down, but by just a varying attack, you can hear the drums really impacting very differently. When you bring the level up and do it, it's hard to kind of hear. And as we all know, setting compression is one of those, that is one of the black arts, isn't it? You know, um, to make something sound good without you actually hearing the effect of it, it's really hard. So, um, so he he's got some very okay. very useful tips. Uh, um, so, uh, yeah, so really really good. Again, so I close that window. Well, Gregory Scott, let's find it. He's, I, I, the first one yeah, that showed he... up is an astrologer. Definitely. <laughs> His well, house of Cush, Cush, the house of Cush, um, and, and the plugins are amazing. They, yeah, yeah. Cush plugins are incredible. Cush plugins. Oh, here we go. And he makes this hardware as well. He makes I'm going hardboard. to. I'll post this this house of Cush. Make them feel something. Right. Okay. Put that in yeah. there. That's a that's a He's link really up good. there. Excellent. Mm. Oh, that's good. Yeah, no, I just thought it was absolutely fascinating. This, I really kind of, uh, and I like you. I, I was, uh, I was just. Uh, he's obviously got an assistant there who's just dealing with all of the uh, the gubbins, you know, and, and switching to any kind of. He's got his dog in the studio, and but he's just, he's brilliantly, just honest and straightforward. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. It is what you want, isn't it? I think yeah, we might. I, I think. Um, I think. I might. Um, I might call it a day there because so Have far... Have you run the advert, not... Nick? Uh, yeah, I did it right at the beginning. The, um, at the beginning. But I'll, I'll, I'll mention it again um, before we go. Uh, obviously, we've got our friends over at uh, Isotope. Uh, if you want to save uh, 10%, use the code SONIC10 at checkout. Save 10% on pretty much anything they've got. Well, anything. Explore our products. As we know, their stuff is really good. In fact, the podcast goes through a final stage of Neutron sort of FM radio mastering, which is why it sounds so... Well, I don't know what it sounds like. That's not what I'm listening to, but but, <laughs> but you are. So hopefully when I get all the levels all right, it, it kind of it does some good things. But yeah, great. If you go over to isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk, you can save uh, 10%. Uh, I'd use the code there. It's all a uh, special landing mm. page. But thank you for the reminder though, Gaz. Very much appreciated. But you also had like the feature about the, on the Sonic feature about the history of um, sequences. Oh, yeah, sequences. Well, we, could, we could do a little bit of that. This is, this is great actually because uh, we've recently... Uh, I've got the services of a new writer, a guy called Chris Midiera, and he's been finding some really good stuff. And uh, this was uh, one of the articles that he wrote. I'm just trying to find it now, uh, which I think, yeah, I think we've got time for that. So uh, uh, this is a brief history of uh, of hardware sequences. It's not really a historical thing. It's just a kind of like where it's at. I came up with a tagline from ARP to Squarp, which I was very pleased about as well. So I've been on fire this week for headlines. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, we're, ARP 1601, 1601 sequence are one of the first, MPC 60, MMT 8, uh, RMA. There are lots more than this, obviously, but it's just this, as we kind of gravitate towards, again, there seems to be a, a resurgence of hardware sequencing. Uh, we just thought we'd yeah. put a little bit in about it. And it, I just thought it was worth running up. I mean, I personally don't generally get on with hardware sequences. I prefer the DOW. But I have to say, the last one that I really kind of got into was... Um, um, was was basically the uh, the MC seven hundred seven. I thought the sequencer on that was absolutely fantastic, and and that is interesting. You know that just felt very performative. And obviously, you know we've got DAWs that work in certain way. And I just, so I haven't really, I never really had a hardware sequencer. I never kind of went there until very recently when I've had to for reviews. I know Ty. I know you're big on the MPCs. You you've got you you started out with MPCs. I mean other hardware sequencers. I know you've got a PolyN sweatshirt on there. Are you using that sequence as well? Or? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I've, I've, um, so my very first sequencer was an ASQ 10. 
which was obviously the sequencer sideline from the MPC-60. It was basically everything of an MPC-60 without the sampling. And I mean, this was at the time when everyone around me was getting uh, Max or Atari's and I could literally just blow them out of the water with the ASQ-10. The speed of that thing was just, you know, it's again, it's like learning an instrument. And um, yeah. I adored my ASQ-10 and then literally went from an ASQ-10 to buy an MPC-60 because I love the sequencing, but now wanted the sampling. And then, as you say, I followed the MPC line right down. Um, hardware sequences now, yeah, I've, I've, I've got all the normal ones, got a few you know, kind of beat step pros and, but I've also got, you know, poly seek and, um, Medusa and, uh, yeah, a few, yeah. I mean, hardware sequences, they have their place. Um, but now because most of the stuff I do is in the door, but I, I do have to say, if you, if you basically said to me, you can't use anything else, you can only use an MP, uh, an MPC. Um, I'd be as happy as Larry. I have right no problem. That. Oh, oh my, I wouldn't miss anything. I really wouldn't miss anything because huh. the thing is about the ASQ, what I loved about the hardware sequencers is it's that whole, the whole thing that we say time and time and time again, which is just trust your ears because there was nothing to look at. All I had was a little LCD. Everything was basically about how it sounded and how it felt. I didn't give a monkey's whether it was in time or out of time or, you know, it just felt good. That's and, a good point, um, yeah. So because that because all I literally had to focus on was that and basically bar numbers of cutting and pasting and editing was limited, which meant again, this is the thing. Just because editing's right. you've got to get it right. You've got to play it right, which means that again, that whole thing of me, you have to be able to play. So if I wanted it to sound like this, I would sit there and make it play it until it was right. Um, so there's a huge thing. I, yeah, I love hardware sequences, I have to say. Um, wilderness Music in the chat room there. I think it's just at the top. Most powerful sequencer is uh, are, are often in modern arranger keyboards, which is kind of a fair point as well. I guess I know you've you've been in the hardware sequence world for a, a while, haven't you? So, I mean, yeah. but by the same token, you're big into the DAW and, and, and Cubase. I mean, yeah. do you find that you yeah. sequence in the DAW now with MIDI stuff or do you tend to sequence only in hardware for that stuff? Yeah, I mean, yeah, hardware really for sequencing, um, and uh, I've got lots of uh, sequences um, ranging from this little fella to oh, yeah. gosh, I must have about twenty different sequences in here, I guess, um, uh, ranging from that Beat Step Pro, like Ty's got Key Step Thirty Seven, really good actually, big improvement, big improvement. Got loads of them uh, sequences. Uh, oh. I mean, and lots of things have sequences in them, don't they? I mean, I mentioned yeah, well, quite often, true. I think that the OPZ has got one of the best awesome. step sequences like ever, you know, if you could put up with the form factor. Um, my first hardware sequencer um, sort of that didn't involve a computer way back when was the Yamaha QI20, which I love. Oh. I remember I the QI10. I bought a QI10. I've yeah. told the story uh, right. to, to take on tour because I thought I'll need to yeah. be creative. I could. Yeah. I just. It was horrible. I couldn't use. No, it. but the QI20 was a massive yeah. step up. Yeah, it, it was, was a massive because it didn't have just that little tiny sort of display. It had a much sort of. It had a much bigger display, and and in part that was a bit like an arranger keyboard as well. I think it, some of the tracks were uh, locked into sort of uh, these kind of pattern things. Um, but it was brilliant for me. It just was, 
oh, it was incredible. Um, and I think that was a product that really made me sort of like kind of always lost after these kind of standalone sequencer boxes, which I have got really quite a lot of now. Yeah. Um, uh, but, just a uh, quick shout out uh, from uh, uh, from Rapscallion in the IRC, Keystep Pro is fun too. And I would agree with that. In fact, I'm using that mm. over here on, um, well, I would be if I, I could show you it. Well, I'd have to. I'd have to uh, get into pan, tilt, zoom stuff up. Keystep Pro is actually quite good. I haven't updated the firmware, but I think it probably needs it. Hmm. Um, one of my favourite little sequences to mess around with is the EF. The Oh, it is 303 day today, so I can actually oh, well, I was talk gonna about say, 303. Yeah. Uh, the EF, the Roland EF 303, um, which is like a really odd... Yeah, so quirky. I remember you saying about that. It's like a fader yeah. sequencer, a level sequencer, isn't it? It's unusual. Yeah, it's got built-in effects, and you can use the sequencer to um, to sequence various effects, and you can switch on the fly which parameter the sequencer is affecting. Um, can I also, throw a strange? Yeah. Sorry, I was going to say, can I throw a strange one in? Go on. Does anyone remember the the uh, PMA five, the Roland yeah. PMA five? I wanted one of them. Never got one. Yeah. That was a, wasn't little... that basically an arranger keyboard with without a keyboard? Well, it was well, a little no, PDA, it was, wasn't it? It was a P, the size of a PDA. I mean, it was just, it was as thick as you know um, a very thick thing, uh, but <laughs> it was it was the size of you know it was basically like a, a, a PDA size, and I remember. I used to take it to spotting sessions. This was before iPads, before iPhones, before you could actually get a, a, a small laptop. I used to take this thing that was the size of a book and used to, it had a kind of GM module in it and mm. you control everything with a little stylus. But I did loads and loads of sketching. And of course, I thought I was the dog's bees by being able to sit there in a spotting session going, oh, you mean an idea something like this? As I pull out my stylus and just basically go, and thinking it sounds amazing. Of course, it sounds crap, but you know. Um, but yeah, PMA5, and I've still got it somewhere. But yeah. that's a, that was a nifty little machine that was completely, uh, completely overlooked. But, ah. Sorry, guys. Carry on, guys. No, on. no, it's cool. I mean, one of the sequences I've always kind of wanted is like you know, following on from the QI70. Then it went it to the you know Q. Sorry, QI20. Went QI70. It, what is it called? Is it the QI100? The big one with um, a keyboard, Q a keypad on it. With the QX1. Keypad on it. Yeah. QX1. No, 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 no. More recent than no. I mean, it was like nineties. What is it? The Yamaha Q, oh. QI QI100 maybe. I'm or just looking. Huge uh, thing. Um, no, I don't think that was it. No, Q, which it's definitely a QY. I think it was the kind of where that, you know, where that QY series. Oh, kind of, here um, we go. Peaked, here we go. Look at this. I think this is what we're talking about. Is that the thing? That's now? the one. That's the one. 700. 700. 700. Look at that. That, that looks. Thing. That looks I've promising. I've always wanted one of them. Yeah. I don't know what it's like. I don't, I don't know, know if they're still useful now or if it's horrible, but uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Always, yeah, I don't know. That I, always was There's my something dream about machine. sequences that I, I just find, you, well, yeah, I'm quite impatient when it comes to creating and I don't want stuff to get in the way. And I suppose if I've, to, most of the time, you know, I'm exposed to sequences, they come in for review. I'm not going to spend my, I'm not going to invest my creative future in that bit of hardware. So if it's in any way got friction, I kind of go, 
Yeah. But you see, that's, that, but the, that's the issue. Yeah. Is the, 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 that's the issue. The problem was, back in the day, is the fact that they, they didn't have friction for the simple reason that you didn't have every option they known do to anything. man. Yeah. They, yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? They were very simple in, their, in, in what they could and couldn't do. I mean, Gaz and I have had a conversation about this, you know, kind of before, about the, the thing is there's a, a, a lot of that gear the reason what makes it special is the fact that it could only do a limited amount of things. And the problem is now is that there's a, there's a people want things to be able to do everything. And, yeah. and that's where the problems start. And that's where the friction starts because, you know, again, I don't want to come back to the ASQ 10, but you could stick it. I could stick an ASQ 10 in you in front of you. I could show you in two minutes what it, what you did and you would be off. Whereas yeah. oh, that's even a fair with the point. best, even with the best hardware sequence, forget hardware sequence, the best software sequences right now, you don't have that ability to just be able to, within two minutes, show you exactly how to do stuff. Yeah, um, I suppose. Because there's so many options, that's all. Yeah, 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 true. Yeah. QI10, um, it does, it's got a bit of cash register chic there. It's another yeah, classic definitely. bit of Yamaha industrial design that has absolutely no feng shui or any kind of aesthetic, <laughs> aesthetic about it whatsoever. It's bizarre, that, isn't it? I wonder oh, what, how those you, what are you it's holding just, up there? Uh, just yeah, the the, uh, the ILRS 2400, just, just in terms of that, uh, following on from what Ty was saying, um, that this doesn't do everything it does some things and you'd have to be you know very creative within what it can do but what it can do is probably enough, enough. yeah yeah so i'm just uh, i'm just exploring this myself really um and finding well, hopefully, the well, hopefully we can uh, we can talk you into doing a little piece we can do a twos up i think that's the plan so hopefully that will be something coming up pretty soon but um yeah it I, but just following on from what Ty is, is saying, I think that's what's really appealing about things like the Beat Step Pro. And I haven't got a Key Step Pro, but I'd imagine a similar thing. And actually, big shout out to Novation's SL Mark III, something that I have talked about a few times. So the, the, the sequencing oh, capability on, well, yeah. on that is super. It's, it, it's kind of limiting, but it's, again, um, it's fine. It's a lot of fun. It's yeah, well, I think that's fun. the key thing, isn't yeah. it, with a lot of these things? Yeah. Well, mm. I think we're probably headed to to the end. Obviously, today is 3.03 day, being the third of the third. Uh, I didn't do this at three minutes past three, so I'm sorry about <laughs> that. But uh, I did find a great uh, video by someone called uh, Rocks. 303 on YouTube. Uh, I'll post the link here now. Let's have a look. And I guess we should probably we should probably play a little bit of this and then we'll say goodbye. But uh, thank you so much, Ty, for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you as ever. Uh, I hope you're you're not uh, too much under the cosh when it comes to uh, deadlines and you're living your best life, as it were. I've got three weeks of hell and then it's all back to normal. So, ah. I mean, new normal, i.e. not killing myself. So just three weeks of killing myself and then I'm, then I'm good. Ah, excellent. Well, glad to hear it. Nice so. to see you. And, of course, you, you, have you got a show tonight, Gaz? Yes, 8 p.m. GMT uh, on my YouTube channel, Gaz Williams Show. Um, I've got quite an interesting thing that I'm planning. I should probably practice it a little bit so i don't repeat sort of monday's uh, disaster <laughs> uh, <laughs> um but please yeah for the after show for for the hangout the after show hangout sonic after show hangout um 
But yeah, Great. please come along. Yeah, if, and uh, please do. Also, if you can check out my YouTube video as well, I would really appreciate that just because it's is, it is only just limped out the door, really. So it's just uh, that my my touche. Sorry to plug it again. Touche. That's all right. Mold. That's all right. Uh, no, yeah. I just I love I love the quality of the selling of it. It limped out of the door. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I know, I, I know what you mean. I, also, I, have, I have videos like that sometimes where I just sort of feel it was hard work and it didn't give me the warm, fuzzy feeling where I'm thinking, this is my latest and greatest work. Uh, it's just like, I finished it, thank God. Oh, no, I was I was, I was meaning more just sort of it, it, it wasn't... It, I was expecting it to be a little bit more popular than it's been so far. It's more, more, more that way. Did you put a cat um, in the poster frame? No. Oh, there's your mistake. No, oh, I was really go. pleased with my poster frame for it. I haven't well, I seen it, I'm afraid, Gaz. Yeah. I, 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 I thought everybody was going to be like going, oh, that looks lovely, so I'm going to watch it. <laughs> well, um, we've actually, yeah, we've got new poster frames, in fact. Uh, that's our ooh. new look for the Sonic Talk. That's our hold screen. It's nice. And, uh, and we've got some more for uh, for our you know regular poster frames, just trying some new things, mixing it up a bit, uh, just as we do. But anyway, this is it for this week. I want to say thank you very much to all my guests. Lovely to see you, fellas. And uh, I'll say thank you to our uh, heating engineer who's left the building. And I'm hoping he's posted the keys through <laughs> well the front done. door. Because yeah, I will be well locked done. in otherwise. Yeah, but now I have heat. It's like, yes, and hot water. I'll tell you what, when you have to wash your hands this much, washing them in freezing cold water is not a great lot of fun that's for sure okay well that's it for this week uh, i'm going to play a little bit of this uh, rocks 303 video uh, just because it's uh, 303 day and this is very 303 like so well i can't play out with this because i've got a title sequence but i'll just let a little bit just so that we've got i think he's using the uh, he's using the tr09 which does have a lovely sound of bass drum i have to say and a proper 303 so everybody can wig out to that for a bit and then we can say goodbye so thanks everybody for watching that was episode 659 recorded see you all later